So as y'all are aware, today is the, the baccalaureate service where we recognize our, our seniors. And, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a blessing for me and Leslie for the last three years now of just being involved with, with some of these guys and girls' lives. And, um, you know, sometimes it was, it was uh, ugly. Sometimes it was beautiful. Sometimes it was um, accountability. And, but all throughout the whole entire relationship, it's always been about growth. And um, so this is just a time for us to recognize you, to show you we love you, and to give you a small gift. And I'm, I'm going to spoil it for you. I'm going to tell you what it is. So, uh, but it, it's a devotional. And it's a devotional that is, I wanted to make sure that you had uh, so that as you go to your next step, next stage in life, you have something that you can take with you, whether you use this or another devotional or whatever it is that you use, but use this as a tool, as a resource for your quiet time, your daily quiet time with the Lord. Because no matter where you go, no matter what you're doing, your time with Him is absolutely vital. Your time with Him is valuable. And it is where you're going to grow. It's going to be where you see Him, where you experience Him. And it's something that we wanted to make sure that you had as you go on to that next stage. So if you'll just stand, please. Roy Webb Blakely. Cameron Reed Bullard. Faith Marie Gamble. Sydney Grace. Annie Savannah King. Sonny Grace Tidwell. You're so tall. <laughs> Gabrielle Nicole Turner. Let's give them a round of applause, everybody. It's always been uh, this time in life where you see these next stage coming up, and you start wondering, okay, what's the, what's the purpose of all this? You know, what is, what's all this for? And it's, it's really not something that is... Uh, only for that age group, really. I mean, we as adults and even as we grow older and become more seasoned in life, I mean, we're constantly asking ourselves, what's the purpose of this? What am I here for? What am I doing? Why does God have me right here, right now, doing what I'm doing? And, um, you know, this is just something, a time in our lives where we just really question a lot of things. And it depends on where you are in your understanding of who you are and whose you are that you can actually see clearly what that purpose is. So that's what I wanted to kind of lay out for you this morning. And it is simply the purpose of your life. What is it for? And I'm going to walk you through three points. It's going to be, uh, I'm just going to show you that you are created for a purpose. You have been set apart for a purpose. And only then and there, whenever you see that, will you understand that you have been gifted for that purpose. 
So if you will, if you'll just turn your Bibles and uh, just mark um, uh, 1 Peter. If you'll go there, turn there. And once you've marked that, uh, that book, then if you'll go to Genesis chapter 1. For us to be able to talk about a purpose, we have to first um, realize that every person in here, every individual, must come to a basic fundamental understanding. And that fundamental understanding is, um, is necessary for you to begin to understand what your purpose in life is. And what do I mean by that? It means that everybody has to have that foundation of, of, of knowledge, of, of acknowledgement, and that is simply the fact that you were created. Now, I'm not talking about that you were, you know, born out of some or evolved from some superheated slurry or that you were uh, morphed into life from green ooze like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. You are simply created by the almighty being. Not just created, but you were lovingly, and thoughtfully created. Jesus says in Luke that every hair on your head has been numbered. Paul tells us in Ephesians that in chapter 2, he says that you are his workmanship, created for his purpose, created for his works. And that, that Greek word that's used for workmanship means creation. And in, it, in Greek, it's poema. And it's actually the word that we derive the word poem from. And so when you think about it, you are created by the almighty being and you are his poem. You are lovingly, thoughtfully, masterfully created, line by line, verse by verse, hair by hair, freckle by freckle. And that much thought and love went into your creation. So now that we've developed uh, this understanding of the, that you are created, you can now see that you were created for a purpose. Now for this, we have to go back, actually way back, all the way back to the very beginning where we go to Genesis chapter 1. And if you'll read with me in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the seas, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. See, Adam and Eve weren't created to just sit around, were they? They didn't didn't just land in the Garden of Eden and get to sit around and play video games all day. God created them for a purpose. 
In one of my classes, I had to read a book, and this book was written by T. Desmond Alexander, and the, the title of it uh, was uh, From Eden to the New Jerusalem, and he just laid this out perfectly, just on understanding that from Eden all the way through to the New Jerusalem, this thread can be traced. And he puts it like this. He says, Adam and Eve are endowed with a holy and priestly status that enables them to serve in the garden and have direct access to God and are appointed as God's viceroys, which is it's an official that is ruling, that is in the place of the king in a territory. So they've been appointed as God's viceroys to govern the earth on his behalf through commissioning human beings to govern all land animals, birds and fish, God sets them apart from all of the creatures and gives them a royal status made in his image. This isn't just an image, this is the divine image. And this divine image and being made in this divine image gives one the status of royalty. Royalty that is to be fruitful and multiply. And what's implicit in this is that, uh, in this instruction, is the idea that God's authority will be extended throughout the earth as people increase in number and spread outwards, ultimately making all the world into the garden. See, he told them to be fruitful and multiply. And, And this idea of multiplying was, he told them to go out and make the world into the garden. I'm putting you in charge. You're to rule in my place. You are going to be my representatives here. You see, back in those times, in times of kingdoms, it's not like they had televisions and posters and Instagram to where you were constantly getting news feeds. You even, there were people that would be in the kingdom being ruled over a king or by a king their entire lives, and yet they would never see the king in person. They may go their entire lives without actually knowing what this king even looked like. So what would they do? They would actually make an image of the king and place this image throughout his kingdom so that people would know who their king was. See, that's what you are. God has created you in his image for you to be in his image, in his creation, so that all creation can see you and know him. So you're a statue. You're a statue made in the image of God, representing God for all creation. And as a statue, you have been set apart. Which brings us to our next point. So if you will, if you'll turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Hopefully you were good students this morning and you actually marked it from earlier, as I told you. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. Peter's writing to a a, a region. He's writing to churches in this area who are coming under persecution. And he's reminding them of who they are and whose they are and how they're to conduct themselves. And he's giving them encouragement through everything that they're having to endure. Verse 15, it says, But as the one who has called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. 
Now, what does holy mean? Holy means sacred. It means blameless. It means consecrated. It means set apart. You're to live a life distinct from the world around you to where people can tell the difference between somebody who believes in Jesus Christ and those who don't. So you need to see two facts from this. One, that you've been chosen. Ephesians 1.4 says, For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. The next fact is that God sets you apart for his purpose. 2 Timothy 1.9, he says that he saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. He gave us in Christ Jesus. See, you have to know that salvation comes through Christ and Christ alone. See, Jesus had a purpose. His purpose was to live the blameless life, to live that sinless life in your place. And his purpose was to hang on your cross, to drink the cup that was meant for you, the cup that contained the very wrath of God that was poured out onto him instead of you. It's only through him that we are declared righteous. And one day when you stand before God, it is only through him that you'll be made righteous. See, this has to be known. You have to know that you were created for the purpose, that you have been set apart for the purpose, and that being set apart for that purpose can only come through Jesus Christ. This has to be known. You must repent of your sins. You must profess your faith in Christ with your lips. And this must be done to truly see the purpose that God has for you, for your creation, for your being set apart. And then and only then will you be able to see that you've been gifted through the Spirit for this purpose. Every one of us has a gift. You know, all of us have have gifts of one kind or another. Some of us have like just special talents. Some of us are very musically inclined. Some of us can just create things like just from the images in our minds. Some of us are, have the ability to listen to people, to hear their problems, to give great godly advice. Everybody has special talents, special gifts. 1 Peter 4 Verse 10 and 11. Now remember, he's writing to Christians that are in a a region and they're facing persecution. These are people that have been cast out from their families, cast out of their homes. They are in territories and communities uh, not of their own. So he's telling them, Verse 10 says, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power 
forever and ever. Amen. So you've been given these gifts through Christ Jesus, through the Spirit. And these gifts have been done so that you can do the work that God has set before you. You ask, well, what does this work look like? It's not always going to be glamorous. It's not always going to be, uh, you're going to be in center stage. We can't go through life expecting the attaboys and pats on the back. Sometimes it's just the worshiping God and giving glory to Him through the everyday task of life. And last summer, we went to, uh, we went to Infuge in, in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, this was a very eye-opening moment for me. We went to, I was a part of a team that went out and uh, we were doing uh, yard work. And that's what our mission work for the whole week was going to be. We were going to people's homes, going to uh, places that maybe couldn't afford to do the, the work the, to keep up their landscaping or whatever it is. And so all summer, uh, um, Infuge had gotten with different organizations, different people, and were providing that need for them. And one day we went to a battered women's shelter. These are women who were actually in hiding from their spouses or, or the father of their children and who uh, were enduring much uh, abuse. And we went there, and we mowed yards. We picked weeds. We trimmed bushes. And there was never, there's, there's never at a time do you ever get any recognition for anything. You don't even get to really talk to the people. And it was that evening whenever we came back together, because at, at night, about 10, 11 o'clock, we all come back together as a group, and then we kind of reflect on what was, ta- what was experienced in that day. And um, one of the guys said, man, all I did was pick weeds today, you know? He was like, I, I don't even know what, I mean, what's that for? Like, I just, I just sat there. I mean, I thought I was going to get to talk to people. I thought I was going to get to do things. I thought I was going to get to actually uh, share the gospel with people. And he said, I just picked weeds. And it was in that moment that, you know, that light bulb turned on. And we were able to just flush out how God uses us in the everyday task of life when there's no glory, there's nothing that we're going to get, no recognition, and we have to learn to glorify God through the mundane. And it was in that moment that we were able to talk about how, you know, God may have you in your life picking weeds in a corner in a flower bed that you feel is absolutely meaningless, right? But what you don't see is the big picture. What you don't see is the beautifully landscaped, manicured yard or courtyard, or garden that God has you working in. He just has you picking weeds in that corner. Why? Because He needs you to. And He's called you to. And that's what you do. And you glorify Him in it. See, God uses ordinary people in ordinary ways. He uses you in your workplace. He's going to use you in your colleges. He's going to use you in your careers from there. He's going to use you in mighty ways. And you have to always remember to serve where you are and not where you want to be. 
God has you where you are for a purpose for that time. And if you constantly think about, well, I'll serve God and I'll be able to do things whenever I get to here or I'll get to this position or I'll get to this job or I'll get to this level of authority, then I'll really be able to make a difference. You have to always remember to serve him where you are and not where you want to be. See, our purpose has never really been our purpose, has it? Our purpose for our lives are not really ours to have. Our purpose in life is his purpose for your life. And whenever you see him through Christ, that's whenever you truly get to see what that purpose is. Uh, in, my, in my head, uh, of course, engineering background, I'm thinking like the building of something, right? And so in my mind, I can see this played out. Just imagine with me that you are standing and looking over this, this field, right? And there's nothing there. It's just a field, empty. And then you're able to watch a time-lapse video. And within a matter of minutes, you're watching this video, this, this scene play out in front of you. In a matter of minutes, you're able to see a skyscraper being built. And what took years to create, you're able to see it play out in just a matter of minutes. You know, you see the, the groundbreaking ceremony happening, and then all of a sudden the construction crews come in and they level the ground. And then you see this, this infrastructure being built and, and the, the support and the cranes moving things around and the walls being built. And, and you see all the, the busyness going on, but you can't see the details. You can just see the big picture of the, as they're happening. And then in the end, it's all done, and there it is. It's standing there before you, this huge, magnificent skyscraper. And all along the way, you don't get to see all the individual workers, the delivery people coming and delivering supplies, maybe the pizza man delivering food to the crews. But see, God has people with special gifts, special talents that he's given them, working to build this building, right? This building, the purpose, right? You have plumbers, you have carpenters, you have welders, you have concrete crew, you have interior decorators, you have people putting together office equipment, you have janitors, you have whatever, right? And you have this orchestration, this management, this finely tuned uh, uh, operation going on there. And you, as one of the workers, you don't know what it, the next group of people is doing. You're not concerned with it, right? You're just doing what your job is, what your skill is, and what God has you doing. And you don't know how it's playing into everything else. But in the end, you get to stand back and you see, wow, so this is what it was. This is what I've been working for. This is what we came together for. And it's all simply for his glory. Like everything, all the work, all the gifts, all the talents being used, your life being dedicated is simply for his glory. Whatever it is that you do. And I pray that your will becomes his will, that you lose your life for the sake of the gospel. Only then can you be truly submissive 
to his calling on your life. That's what really is going to lead to a completely fulfilled and satisfied life. When you realize that you're part of a bigger picture. When you know that it's not meaningless, but it's meaningful. Everything. Even whenever you're picking weeds. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day, God, where we can just come into your house and we can just pray for you, pray for you, pray through you, pray for each other, God, and just, uh, just lift one another up and give recognition to the different stages of life that happen that you have us going through and that um, we get to be a part of it all. Just understanding that, you know, you have created us for this purpose and you've set us apart for it and, and that you have given us the gifts that are needed for what you've called us to. So God, I pray, God, that as we go, that we will be mindful of everything, everything that you have done, everything that you are, and what you've called us to, God, and that we are obedient and submissive in our calling and our obedience to you, Father. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.